listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly, where women over 40 discover how to find meaning and purpose, and how to feel at home in their own skin, love who they are, and design a life that makes them happy. I'm your host, Janelle Anderson, CEO and founder of Emerging Life Coaching. Hey, well, welcome to another episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. Today is an awesome day. I have an incredible guest with me today. I'm very excited about Angela joining us, and I'm going to talk about her in just a minute. But before I do that, I just wanted to say, hey, if you are getting a lot out of these episodes and this podcast, shoot me an email or a comment. Let me know what you're enjoying about them, what's speaking to you and share it with your friends and let other women know about women emerging fearlessly. So today I want to welcome Angela Lucier. Is that how you say your name? Did I get it right? <laughs> yeah, that works. That's okay. <laughs> Lucier? Yeah, I mean, in Canada, we might say Lucier, but okay. we'll, we'll go with Lucier. Okay, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Angela is an award-winning speaker, a six-time author, a two-time TEDx presenter. She's also the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, and that is a network of public speaking clubs for women, and many of you know that I have one of my own here in Christiansburg, Virginia, so I am a franchised club from Angela's company, and that's where I know her from, and it's been an awesome journey for me for sure. Angela is also the host of Claim the Stage. It's a public speaking podcast for women, and it was rated number one on the Inspiring Podcast list by Forbes in 2017. Wow, that's so cool. She's also a contributor to the Huffington Post, and her work's been featured on ABC, NBC, Forbes, Virgin, and Entrepreneur. It's so amazing. So her motto, stop waiting, start creating. And she sure does live that motto for sure. So welcome to the podcast, Angela. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. So as I said, I met Angela through the Speaker Sisterhood and it's, it's an amazing organization and I loved it so much. I had to start my own. But tell us a little bit about how you even came to, to this place of being a speaker and getting up in front of people and creating this speaker club for women? Well, it wasn't my plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I, I was very shy growing up. And you know, today I'm six feet tall. If you met me when I was 12, I was six feet tall. And wow. If you remember being that age, you were probably like a foot shorter than that. <laughs> yeah. Being that much. age. Yeah. And so it was, it was kind of a traumatizing time because I stood out. I didn't feel like I was, I belonged with my peers and I was often bullied and made fun of and made to feel like there was something wrong with me. My reaction to that was to hide. I did everything I could to be a wallflower, to be invisible and to create you know, a kind of a cloak, a cloak of invisibility over me so that people didn't have anything to make fun of me for. And that was a really good survival mechanism all through high school and college. But when I got to my first job after college, I realized being shy is actually not a good career strategy. It, it makes it really difficult to get promoted and to be seen as a real contributor. So I went to public speaking training as a way to get over my shyness. And 
was shocked to find out that I actually really liked public speaking after a couple years of kind of getting over the fear of it and realizing, oh, I do have something to say. And I actually really like standing in front of a room. And then I launched a business in 2009 and used public speaking as my number one method of marketing and went out and did a lot of workshops and seminars and just was all over town trying to promote my business. And before I knew it, people started to know me as a speaker. And I thought, I guess I guess I am a public speaker because I speak publicly all the time. And then a couple more years went by and then friends started to ask me how they could use public speaking to build their business. And I started to become seen as an authority on public speaking. And then I created a course about how to become a professional speaker. And one of the women who took that course said, so how do we, like, where do we go to practice our speeches? And I was like, oh, well, um, I don't know, go to Toastmasters. And she said, well, I don't, I don't really want to go to Toastmasters. I already tried that and I don't like it. And that's when I realized there's really no alternative to Toastmasters and especially an organization that caters specifically to women who want to build this skill. And I thought, I'll just like try creating a group and see what happens. And it just totally blew up and became huge. And that was three years ago and we've been going strong ever since. <laughs> well, yeah. And congratulations on that. What, what a transformation from somebody trying to hide and be invisible to a known speaker who's done TEDx talks and has a speaking club. I mean, that's like from zero to a hundred or something. It's like this complete turnaround. And then to find out that you really like it. Yeah. And I think that's the case with a lot of people who try things they're afraid of. That resistance, there's a lot of energy in that resistance. And if we go into the resistance, we often find that there's something in there for us, for us to learn from, to grow from, and to probably really enjoy. But we, we think it's just a lot of fear, but it can actually be a lot of excitement. It can be a lot of fascination with, with something. And we, we can look at that and say, well, that's not something I could ever do. But if we can go into that resistance, we can find out a lot about ourselves. Well, I love that thought. And I think it's so true that often we resist that very thing that is our passion. And we don't even realize that that very thing that we could be so in love with and the resistance is the strongest there. I see that a lot when I'm working with clients that trying to find what is my passion? What is my life purpose? And it's often the very thing they're most afraid of doing. Yeah. I've never told this story before, but I was thinking about it the other day and it definitely applies to this conversation. No one's ever asked me why I gave myself the title CEO because a lot of friends I have, women especially who own businesses, stay away from that title because they think it's too prestigious or too big. And even if they own their own company, they'll say, I'm the principal or I'm the founder or the executive director, but they won't use CEO. And I specifically gave myself the title CEO because it scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, I'm not a CEO. Like, who do I think I am? And so part of me did it because I thought it was kind of funny. And then part of me did it because I wanted to prove to myself that I could be a CEO. And, and sometimes we just have to like do the big, scary, risky thing. And then we grow into that. And now today I, I feel comfortable calling myself that. Yeah. And isn't that how we grow really is to do the big, scary thing. I have a, a kind of a challenge going on right now. It came out of my podcast a couple weeks ago and a trip to California to visit my daughter. And she was challenging me to do these things that were scary, like 
to me, paddleboarding, it was scary. And then rock climbing and silks. And, and I realized in doing that, that the reason that a lot of times I just say no to things right away, like that's my default because there's that resistance and that fear that maybe it's going to be scary or I won't do very well. And I didn't do very well at most of those, the uh, two of those things. I did okay paddleboarding, but but it's that fear of, I don't know how to do it. I won't do it well. And it causes you to say no. But when you say yes, like you're saying, and kind of overcome that initial fear, you find out that it's really actually exciting and fun to do. And you feel really good that you did that, that you took that leap. Yes. And you might do it badly at first. I think we have to be willing to admit that and willing to accept that, that it might not be perfect the first 10 times, but that's not the goal. It's to just get started. And I think sometimes what stops us is wanting to be really good at something before we've even practiced it. That's so true. (laughs) I felt really awkward at that silks class. (laughs) I was the worst one in the whole class and they had to actually, they had to actually put me in position and put me upside down. I couldn't move so in those silks and I'm giggling and laughing. I didn't realize it till later. My daughter said, you were giggling the whole time. And I was like, I was, I was so scared and I felt so awkward and ungraceful. And I kept saying that afterwards. And my daughter's like, well, mom, that was your first time doing it. Everybody else has been doing it. So you're right. Like we do have to get over that fear. We're not going to be experts at the thing we're trying for the first time, but you do grow into it. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to give yourself that chance. And I get a lot of um, audience members after I speak who come up to me and say, you're so lucky you were born this way because I could never be on stage. And then I, I don't really know what to say to that because it's like, okay, this, I was not born. <laughs> I worked really, really hard and I cried for many years trying to figure out how to do this. And it's a skill and it's something that anyone can learn, but you have to be willing to be a beginner and you have to be willing to put yourself in the seat and do it badly and make mistakes and fall down. And then you just keep doing it. And everybody goes through that. So the more you are comfortable, you are with the discomfort of change and growth, the easier it becomes. But it's, I think being comfortable with discomfort is also a skill. So you have to keep doing that have the willingness to fall down sometimes. Little kids do that when they're learning to walk. They'd never learn to walk if they were unwilling to fall. (laughs) I would love to just dive into a little bit around, because you had said something to me before about that you've learned that others will value you if you value yourself first. Like, you know, tell us some of that, those core beliefs you've developed, you know, just from stepping into your fears and (laughs) growing as a speaker. One of the hardest things for me when I became a business owner was asking for money and knowing how to value my work. And when I started, my company was career coaching and I didn't know any career coaches. I didn't really know many coaches. This was 10 years ago. So there were a lot fewer coaches at that time. And I was just making it up as I went. So on my first night of giving a free seminar, like a week after I started my business, a guy came up to me and he said, I'd like to hire you to review my resume. And I was shocked. <laughs> so I was like, wait, is someone really going to hire me? <laughs> and, and, and it was funny because his next question was, how much does it cost? And I thought to myself, I haven't even figured out my rates yet. I was so worried about putting together that, that first workshop. Right. I hadn't even thought about how much I was going to charge. So I just said $75 and he goes, for what? And I said, 
for the resume review. I don't, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't put a time frame on. I didn't say like an hour meeting. I just said it's $75. And then we ended up meeting for three hours oh and I, I left that meeting. And I was like, that was probably not the best um, yeah. <laughs> amount of money to ask for on my part. And then I started to ask for more money, but I always felt bad about it. And every time I increased my rates and I told my clients, okay, this is going to be $50 more or $25 more. I always felt like, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to hate me. They're going to be so mad. And they would always say, congratulations. And like, good for you. And that's, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, you are? Cause I feel really bad. I feel like I'm not worth this much money. And, and I started to realize that if I didn't value my work, no one else was going to value my work. And the number that you put on what you're doing is how other people see what you're doing, right? So when I started speaking, I, I had no idea how to charge for speaking at all. And I, I always charged less than I thought I was worth because I didn't want to set the bar too high in case I made a mistake or I don't know, didn't do a good job. I didn't want them to regret hiring me. And then one day I just made this huge leap from like $500 to $5,000. I just said, I'm just wow. going to start asking for more money because this is a lot of work and it takes a lot of time to put everything together. And at the end of the day, I'm probably making $10 an hour for the amount of effort I'm putting into these presentations. And when I told someone like a, the next client that called that it was going to cost $5,000, they didn't even bat an eye. They were wow. like, okay. It's like, what am I doing? <laughs> People take you seriously when you take yourself seriously. And when you put a dollar amount that really shows that what you're doing is valuable, then they see it as valuable. So it really starts with you. And I didn't really get that at first. I thought, I'll just make it cheap so that people say yes. But when things are cheap, that doesn't equal quality. So I think when you, when you put a premium price tag on something, people expect a premium product and that's what I offer. So why not charge more? Yeah, and that's so true for so many people that we're waiting for permission for somebody to tell us how valuable we are or we're afraid of that. We're not going to be accepted. And yet the reality is people will treat you and value you the way that you kind of teach them to based on how you're treating yourself. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you also said femininity is about how you define it. Tell me about that. Oh, jeez. Um, when I decided I wanted to create a course for women who wanted to become professional speakers. And also when I was thinking about starting speaker sisterhood, I had a ton of fear around it because the first question that came up in my mind is, am I feminine enough to run an organization for women? It was like, I was facing a question that I had been asking myself since I was a teenager, but I never really had to deal with because I was never really running an organization or doing anything that would put me in the forefront of a lot of women because everything I did was for women and men. And it made me realize that when I was in high school, I didn't feel feminine because I was a lot bigger than my friends, you know, a lot taller than them. I've always been thin, but I was tall. So I they didn't make pants that were long enough for me. So I had to wear my brother's pants. Aww. And yeah, and like if I wore a dress, it was always like really short and I didn't feel like I looked right in a dress. I felt like a boy in a dress. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I was more into sports and I guess I was more of a tomboy all around. So being in a group of women, I often felt like a fraud, like 
they're going to say, why are you here? This is just for girls. Or like mm-hmm. if we went, we all went out to the mall and went shopping. I just felt like I didn't really care that much about buying clothes and like looking at nail polish. I don't know. I just never felt like a real girl. And so when I thought about running Speaker Sisterhood, I thought, well, aren't they going to call me out on that and say like, who do you think you are running <laughs> this organization for women? You're not even a real woman. Aww. <laughs> I know it's an old story. And so I asked my two oldest friends from, you know, elementary school to go out to dinner when I was getting ready to build this company. And I said, I had a question to ask them. And that was, you know, a week before we got together. So then we, we go out for dinner and I'm starting to get really nervous. And I'm like, maybe they'll forget that I have this question. And I start drinking wine and I'm like, <laughs> trying to avoid the whole thing. And then finally at the end of dinner, one of them says, didn't you want to ask us something? And I was like, oh, no. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up asking, I said, do you guys think I'm feminine? And it was this, one of the scariest moments of my life. Cause I'm like, if they say no then it confirms everything I thought about myself. And if they say yes, I'll be really surprised. And they both laughed and they were like, what? Is that the question? I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that's the question. He said, of course you're feminine. <laughs> Why wouldn't you think that? And I said, I just never thought of myself that way. And I told them why I asked the question. And they're like, you're the perfect person to run that company. You should do it without a doubt. And I was like, oh, all right. So what, what I took from that traumatizing conversation was femininity is really whatever you make it. And for me, I don't wear lacy dresses and I don't get my nails done. I don't hang out at the salon, but that doesn't mean I'm not a woman. It means that I have my own version of femininity and femininity for me is about being strong and empowered and independent and focused and being a role model for other women. And when I think about all those things, I'm like, yeah, that's me. And I don't need to be other things in order to be feminine. And that's what gave me the confidence to start this. That is really a powerful story because how many of us grew up with a story around who we are based on perception of like you, you know, this perception that you're not feminine and then you believe that and and how powerful for you to ask your friends that question and I could just hear, you know, how hard that was for you, but you have good friends there because they, they were not only supporting you, but they were like, well, yeah, of course they were telling you the truth, you know? And I think so often we see ourselves a certain way because of these perceptions and these stories we've been telling ourselves and we need to be brave enough to um, ask people that love us, that are closest to us, what do you see? It's scary to do, but man, when you hear back what they say, I did an exercise once in a uh, in a meeting, and then um, I think one of the exercises in the Speaker Sisterhood, which we want to talk about, that you ask people closest to you to tell you what they see, and th- what you hear back is so empowering, and it can help you like change that story, because often the story we tell ourselves is not true at all. Or so- it's an old story that doesn't even yeah. it may not have applied in the past and it definitely doesn't apply now. Exactly. So be brave enough to kind of investigate those stories and find out, you know, what's really true about who I am. And if we can see ourselves as we truly are and embrace that like you have done, like this way of defining femininity for you, and that's all that really matters. 
It's kind of like the topic of my book that I'm writing. Oh. Yeah, she's taking center stage, how to be the star of your own story. It's all about seeing who you truly are and embracing that and being able to walk out on the stage of life in the spotlight and not be afraid and not feel intimidated or embarrassed, but just be like shining in your own light, you know, mm-hmm. with confidence. I love that. Yeah. To get a copy. Yeah. And speaking of books, so you've like written six of them. <laughs> yeah. um, talk about those books. And then I definitely want to talk about the new one. There's a new book. Yeah. Well, my first book was called The Anti-Resume Revolution. And Ooh. it was all about how to create a career that you love that goes outside the boundaries of a typical career ladder and how to go outside of the resume to build experience and value and connections. Nice. And that was a really fun book to re- to write. And it came out in 2009. So it's like my first baby. It turned 10 years old this year. And wow. It's special. An awesome book. <laughs> Thanks. I wrote two more books that were for meant for people who are in that intersection of deciding whether or not entrepreneurship was the best next step for them. And I had a lot of clients at that time who would come to me and say, should I start a business? And they weren't, they weren't asking me about the business idea, like whether or not that idea would work. They were more concerned about whether or not they were someone who could be an entrepreneur and run a business. So my first, my second book is called um, Who's With Us? And it's a guide for helping you decide whether or not you should be a business owner. It has 13 self-assessments in it. Wow. And then there's a part two of that book called Do and Make, and it's a handbook for starting your own business. So at the end of who's with us. If you decide, yeah, I want to start a business, that next book shows you how. Oh, wow. Perfect. Um, Yeah. So those books came out in 2015. And then in 2016 or 2017, the first curriculum of Speaker Sisterhood came out, which is The Secret Life of Speaking Up. And that is the 10 speech exercise curriculum that all members use to practice speaking and get to know themselves and go through that journey of self-discovery. And not just put together speeches so that they can stand in front of a room and practice what it feels like to do that, but to actually write speeches from the heart that are about things that you love and things that are true for you and things that move you, like giving a persuasive speech about something. There's speeches where you teach something that you know, and all of these speeches take a little different part of ourselves and put it in the spotlight. And members often say they don't get a chance to talk about these things in their life or they haven't had the opportunity to talk about it in this way. So the secret life of speaking up is is that chance to get in front of a room and be seen and be heard in different ways than you normally are in other parts of your life. Yeah, and I have to say like I'm going through that myself and it is an awesome book and it is very self-discovery based. And I I work on these speeches, right? And it goes in a completely different direction than where I thought it was going to go. And every time I learn something about myself, and it's just awesome the way you put that together. It's so creative and and it does. It really helps you to speak from the heart and make that connection of speaking publicly from who you are instead of just on a topic, yeah. you know, from your head. Yeah, because I think those are the best speeches is when you really get to see the person and you feel connected to them through their story and through their energy and their truth. That's like the best experience you could ask for. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The next book is The Secret Life of Speaking Up prequel, and that's 30 Tiny Speaking Adventures. And I wrote that book because I found that there were a lot of women who would check out a meeting of Speaker Sisterhood and then 
they would email me and say, actually, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. I don't, I don't feel like I could actually get, go from not speaking at all to going and speaking every other week in the club. So I wrote this book for them so that that book can give them some small steps to start feeling more comfortable speaking up in their life um, by talking to their neighbor or writing an op-ed piece for the newspaper or just telling a friend three things they love about that friend. And that gets them ready for the experience of going into speaker sisterhood. Wow, I love that. What's the name of that one again? It's the secret life of speaking up prequel. Okay. 30 tiny speaking adventures. Oh, nice. And it's a tiny book. There's, it's a pocket book. It can go like in your, in your pocket. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have to have some of those on hand for my, for my people that want to join, but aren't ready. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's a fun thing to hand out. Yeah. Um, and the sixth book is truth tellers. Um, and that's the advanced curriculum of speaker sisterhood for members in their second year. It helps them get better at building the skill while also being more authentic in front of the room. And the seventh book is the one that's coming out at the end of November. Yay! And this is, I'm most excited about this book and I didn't even write it. Um, it's called Secrets of the Sisterhood and it's a compilation book of 45 speeches submitted by members. And Janelle, you are featured. Yes, in our I book. have one in there. <laughs> <laughs> And I am so in love with this book. I've worked on it over the summer with our editor, Lauren Simmons. And we just, we were so inspired by the speak, the speeches that were submitted. We we're so just mo moved by the vulnerability and the authenticity and the courage that comes through in all of these stories and how different they all are, but how real they are. And so these stories were speeches that were told in the meetings in the clubs and now they're going to be shared with the world and we're so excited to bring them to a bigger stage so this book is an opportunity for the, the speaker sisterhood members to be seen as authors and also share these wonderful stories with others and it's also a fundraiser so half of the profits will go to our scholarship fund so more women than ever will have access to membership Wow, that is so exciting. And I get to be in it. I'm excited about that too, but I can't wait to read all of the speeches that were submitted. So that is all so great and exciting. And congratulations to you for all of your accomplishments. How could anyone get in touch with you if they wanted to learn about Speaker Sisterhood or maybe take your course or anything else? Best thing to do is go to speakersisterhood.com and there's information about joining a club, starting your own club, checking out our the online course, Speaking School for Women, and checking out the book, Secrets of the Sisterhood. Okay, excellent. So thank you so much for coming and being a guest today with us, Angela. And I'm just really excited that you decided to face your fears and become the speaker that you are and start the speaker sisterhood because I love it myself and it, I know it's helping so many women all over the world really to build confidence and your books too are just fabulous so thanks for sharing your journey yeah, thank you thanks for being part of it and thanks for spreading the love in Virginia and, and helping more women there to find their voice absolutely absolutely so thanks to everybody for listening and I will catch you next time If you'd like to find out more about how to create the life you truly want, visit my website at EmergingLifeCoaching.com or shoot me an email at Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. 
Until next time, emerge fearlessly and go out there and do what you really want.